0: Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading.
1: Grimbledon Group A.
0: So make yourself comfortable and prepare for A.
1: Grim Reading.
0: Hello and welcome to Grimbledon, where we're pitting the top-scoring Brothers Grim Tales against each other to decide which is their best story. Today, it's the Group A battle-off. It is indeed. Who's in Group A, Matt? Uh, So in Group A, we have the stories Puss in Boots, Hansel and Gretel, The Fisherman and His Wife, Clever Gretel, and Godfather Death.
1: It's... I think we said it in the draw, it's a strong group.
0: Yeah. The group of death, I referred to it as. (laughs) Yes, I I remember that. Are some of the strongest stories, but only two can make it through Hmm. to the semi finals. So, as soon as this episode's out, the public voting poll will also be live. Link to the poll will be in the description of this episode. You can find it on our website, on social media. And yeah, the top two most popular stories will go through to the semi-final. Yeah. So today I'm going to recap for us those five stories just to refresh our memories. Yeah. So we're going to take a trip down memory lane. I love it down that, that lane. It's a beautiful lane. <laughs> and then when we finish those recaps um, we've got a little more in store in this episode. We'll be launching the second special awards poll for patrons and then we're going to read Brother's Grimm story you may never have heard about before. Very excited about that. So it's a jam-packed episode. It certainly is.
1: Let's start those recaps and I'll try and get through them as quickly as possible. I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, I think if we just head down there, I think that's memory lane. Let's let's go. First on the left. (laughs) Let's go. First up, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots Recap. Okay, so this
0: is a summed up version of the story Puss in Boots. Excellent. A miller is dying. Uh uh-uh. oh. He's got only three possessions to leave his three sons a mill, a donkey, and a cat. When he eventually dies, the youngest son gets the family cat. And he thinks, well, that's useless. Yep. What am I going to do with a cat? Oh, you know, if I skin it, it'll, you know, I can get a pair of gloves out of it. Yeah. But the cat suddenly says, don't do that. Instead of making uh, gloves out of me, get me a pair of boots and I'll help you out. So when, uh, when the cat got the boots, he stood up like a human and walked out of the house with a sack full of wheat.
1: <laughs> Such a great image. I love it.
0: And the boy's like, why didn't I just kill him? He's just gone now. Um, Thank you. But Puss has gone to catch partridges. Now, the king of the area loves partridges, but the huntsmen are struggling to catch them. So, Puss goes to the king with all his partridges that he's caught and says, King, these partridges are on behalf of my master, the Count. Puss takes a sack of gold back home to the miller's house, to the miller's boy, uh, who's delighted to see him. And Puss says, look, I'm going to keep on doing this. We're going to get rich. Oh, and by the way, I told the king your account. At some point, Puss starts hanging out at the palace. Naturally. Um, and one day he heard that the king and his daughter, the princess, are going for a drive. And he rushed home to tell the boy, Right, listen, if you want to be rich, do exactly as I say. Let's go swimming naked in a lake.
1: <laughs> he says, Oh, yeah, wait, what, what?
0: And then, while his master's in the lake, Puss stole his clothes. I remember this very well. So he's stuck. When the king and the princess drove by... Puss jumped out at the carriage and shouted, Help, someone stole my master's clothes. The king said, Don't worry, I'll lend him some of mine. Hop in the carriage, guys. So now the boy is all richly garbed. So he's tricked his way into getting some good clothes. He's getting up there. Carriage sets off. Puss ran ahead of the carriage, and he came to a field, and he said to the workers, Who owns this field, my good people? And they shouted in chorus, The sorcerer! (laughs) Puss then told them all, Look, when the king drives by, say this field belongs to the count or you'll all be killed. So when the carriage gets to the field, the king shouted at the workers, whose field is this? And they shouted in response, the counts. The king is very impressed because he thinks it's the boy's field.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Working like a charm. Happens again a couple more times, I think. King is even more impressed. Meanwhile, Puss had run on ahead to a massive castle inside is the scary sorcerer who owned all the fields the sorcerer said I'm gonna eat you cat and Puss said very well very well but first I've heard all kinds of things about you people say you can transform yourself but I don't believe it and the the sorcerer responded oh yeah check this out and he (laughs) transformed into a mighty elephant Puss said that's pretty cool but I bet you can't turn into something really really small like a mouse that would impress me the sorcerer then turned into a mouse Puss pounced and gobbled him up
1: Nice.
0: Carriage arrived at the castle. Puss approached and said Ah, master, you've arrived home. Excellent. You know, wink wink. The king is flabbergasted. This is a way more impressive castle than his. Yeah. And then the miller's son married the princess, eventually becoming king and Puss was made his prime minister.
1: The end. (laughs) Even in pracy form, (laughs) it delights, does it not? Yeah. It's what a story.
0: It's an amazing story. Yeah. It's uh, an erased story of Mm. the Brothers Grimm's, uh, if you remember. Slightly controversial uh, when we covered it. It was. But when it was originally in the collection, in the first edition, it was uh, story number 33, but was eventually replaced with The Three Languages, which is a very forgettable one we did (laughs) a few years ago. And yes, it is, of course, the highest scoring story we've ever done. Yes. You gave it a nine. I gave it a ten for a total score of 19. And it was therefore the winner of series three of Grim
1: Reading. Do you know what? I I love good old Puss. I love him. Yeah. And hearing you say that I gave him a nine and you gave him a ten, Mm. it hurt a little bit. Really? It did. If you could go back, would you give him a... I don't know. I mean, we don't necessarily do do do-overs here, but... Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Okay. Um, so it holds up. Then it stands up. It really does hold up. Um, and just to say, I think just because because of the controversy, I think we did put it to like patrons at the time. Yeah. Is can we include this? Does this count as a legitimate story in the canon of yeah. Grim Reading? And it was yes, that's fine. It counts. Person yeah. boots
0: counts. But yeah, it's the only erased one we have in Grimbledon. But it is, I think, a fantastic story. To me, it really does hold up. It really does. Something that hurts, though, is it was one of the first we did in lockdown, maybe. So I had a really bad microphone at the time. So the recording... So you sound all lovely, but my microphone's really bad. So if you listen back to the episode, that is a bit of a shame. But even with that (laughs) handicap... Yeah, it still shines. Yeah. So, you, okay, you don't think we overscored it then?
1: You're no, I don't think so. I I enjoyed your your uh, summary of it. I really love how clever and crafty Puss is mm-hmm. with his various different schemes. Um, I can't remember what we discussed in the episode, but he does remind me of certain characters from things, very clever scheming characters, you know, getting your way to the top or... Um, Almost like Gromit from Wallace Gromit who's just behind the scenes making sure yeah. Wallace's life doesn't fall apart. Yeah. You know? It's like that kind of character. Just Absolutely. yeah.
0: It's kind of Machiavellian, but in yeah, a fun way. But
1: in a, Exactly, in a fun way, yeah.
0: And it's kind of like you take that magical helper role that you get in fairy tales. So often the hero will meet a magical helper who gives them a, you know, a wand or whatever, yeah. a magic sword that allows them to succeed. But yeah. you put that character front and centre Exactly they are, yeah they've become almost the main character. Yeah. So you're on the ride with them.
1: Which is which is ultimately where you want to be, isn't it? That's where yeah. the crazy stuff is happening.
0: And it's the fact we love the fact that they are actually clever. Those tricks that he uses. It yeah. isn't literally like he just does something magic. Exactly. And the Miller's boy is transformed into a prince. It's through that those clever schemes through the you know like grommet, Looking after Wallace, that he does succeed.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Particular favourite is the uh, convincing him to become a mouse and then eating him. Genius. So good. So good. (laughs) So good.
0: Okay, right. Well, sounds like we both still really like that one. I think so. I mean, top seed, the top seed. So this is the the bookie's favourite to win, surely. Yeah. And we're still very impressed.
1: Very much so. So, here's to a purse. (laughs) Here's to a purse. Raise raise your mugs of tea.
0: (laughs) But now it's time to move on to story number two in group A, which is Hansel and Gretel. Mm. Are you
1: ready? I think so. Hansel and Gretel. Recap. In a big old forest,
0: there's a woodcutter and his wife with two kids, Hansel and Gretel. It's a time of hardship. There's no food anywhere. Mm. And eventually mum says, tomorrow, take the kids into the wood and leave them there. You know, they'll be lost and we'll be rid of them. Dad said, that's an outrageous suggestion. No way. (laughs) (laughs) The wife says, oh, all right, we better start making four coffins then because we're all dead. And the dad said, oh, okay then. I'll do it at dawn. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to make four coffins. (laughs) Thing is though, Hansel and Gretel, they heard all this from Mm. the other room and they were terrified. Hansel, in the night, went outside, gathered some white pebbles in his pockets. And he said, don't worry, Gretel, I've got this. Next morning, they marched into the woods. Parents left them there. But Hansel had dropped the pebbles on the way. So at night, they followed them home because the moon shone on the white pebbles and led the way back. Genius. Mum was furious. Dad was happy. Anyway, they soon ran out of food again. And they had the same conversation. And Dad, again, relented. He said, I've got to be consistent. (laughs) Hansel tried to go outside that time to get Pebbles again, but the door was locked. (sighs) So no can do. No luck. So next day, when they were marching into the woods, he scattered uh, crumbs from the little piece of bread that he had. They were abandoned again. They fell asleep. When they woke up and tried to follow the breadcrumbs, they couldn't because the many thousands of birds had eaten them up. Mm. They tried to walk home, but just went deeper into the forest. On the third day, though, they spotted a snow-white bird, and it flew off. Mm. They followed it to a cottage where it landed on the roof. And when they got close, they saw the house was made of bread and covered with cakes, and the windows were sugar panes. Amazing. Their eyes lit up. Yeah. Hansel said, I'll eat the roof, you eat the window, Gretel. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, at some point, the door opened, and a very old woman appeared. She said, come in, come in, it's perfectly safe. And she set out delicious food for them, And after stuffing themselves, they went to bed in these lovely crisp white sheets. Yeah. In the morning, though, the woman, who was actually a witch, came into the room, grabbed Hansel, and locked him in the stable. And she forced Gretel to cook huge meals to fatten Hansel up because she was going to eat him.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, so that's the setup now. That's how they're living. And um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I can sum this up quicker. No, no, I'm enjoying it. But basically, every day she went out to feel Hansel's finger to see how fat he was getting. He had to poke it out of a yeah, hole I can't in the remember. door. Can she not see? Ooh. Well, he's he's stuck in the stable and he has to poke it through the door. There's a little hole in the Okay, door. right, right, right. But he's found a bone on the floor so he pokes that through. But she...
1: can she not see the bone? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We must have picked up on this at the time.
0: The thing is, there's a lot of things that don't make sense in this sure. story if you
1: actually think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, For example, she's feeling his finger to see how fat he's getting. Yeah, you don't, just, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Oh, we might
1: have commented that on the time at the time. Yeah. Like, when you put on weight, it doesn't all go on your fingers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, he's poked the bone out. So yeah. she's Very like... Very clever. Skin yeah. and bone. After a month, though, uh, the witch grew impatient. She said, I don't care how skinny he is. It's time to eat him. Tomorrow, Gretel, I'm eating your brother. And the next day, when Gretel awoke, the witch said, Oh, there you are. And she pushed her towards the oven and said, Creep in and see if it's hot enough intending to cook Gretel too. Mm. But Gretel said, uh, I don't know how to do that. How do you get in? And the witch said, Oh, come on. It's easy. Look. And she poked her head in. Gretel then gave her a mighty heave and pushed her completely in the oven, slammed the iron door shut and fastened the bolt and the witch was burnt to death.
1: Yay! Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo!
0: She freed Hansel from the stable. They raided the house and stuffed their pockets with treasure and set off. After a few hours, they came to a great body of water. Hansel said, no way to cross that, Gretel. No way. At all. Gret- Gretel said, uh, I'm going to ask that white duck over there for some help. <laughs> and she sang at the duck. It came over. And then one at a time, it took them across the water. <laughs> they, they walked on until they arrived home. Dad was home. And we learned that the woman is dead. So that was the mum is dead. And they're reunited and live happily ever after.
1: The end. Well. Wow.
0: That was story number 15 in Kinder und Hausmarken, The Grimm's Fairy Tales. Adam gave it an 8.5. I gave it 9.5 for a grand total of 18
1: points. So, so far, you've scored them higher than me.
0: Every single story in Group A, I've scored higher than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this is your group. <laughs> this
0: is my group. Maybe that's why I was so shocked at this group.
1: Yeah, I, th- I guess so. Um. Yeah,
0: so just to say actually on the scores, so I gave it 9.5. Mm. Uh, that is the second highest score after Puss in Boots, which got a 10. Yeah. There's only been two 9.5s ever given. I gave it to this and you gave it to Cinderella. Wow. And Cinderella got the same overall score. But the reason this one was demoted to second seed is because it's the only one of the very highest scores that you gave less than 9.2. And we kind of deferred to your vote when there was a tie. Yeah. That was our criteria for choosing the seeded groups. So this had the same score as Cinderella, but it was demoted because you gave it an 8.5. Yeah. And all the other ones in the top seed you gave higher than that.
1: So they remain as the top seeds, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, it was also the winner of Series 1.
1: Was it now? Yeah. So that was what I was going to say. I was thinking, so this was a while ago so that makes sense it was series one so I'm not sure what episode it was it was quite late on I think wasn't it oh wait was it new? was it the new year's treat on our first new year yeah I think, I think it, was, it was wasn't was. it New Year's Day 2019 I think
0: yeah yeah it was uh, 2019 New Year's Day way back and that was kind of before we'd thought of having different series. Yeah. So actually we'd done 33 stories in series one.
1: Yeah, it was a bumper one, wasn't it?
0: And it won out of all of those. It wasn't yeah. until Puss and
1: Boots came along and knocked it off the top spot. Yeah. What do you think? Um, deserving, I think. Uh, it's, it is interesting. It being so long ago, there was details I didn't remember and like questions I feel I want to ask that I probably mm. asked back then. <laughs> Like, it occurred to me, <laughs> so we're doing this again, yeah. but um, there was a, a a bird, a white bird that led them to the yeah. house, and yeah. then they get picked up by a white duck later. It's not the same yeah. bird. We don't know, I suppose. No.
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't say, I don't think. Mm. But there's loads of birds. The birds mm. came and ate all the breadcrumbs. That's true, yeah. Which is also a weird thing, because I think when you, when you think of Hansel and Gretel, you think of the breadcrumbs as leading them home. But actually, yeah. breadcrumbs don't, don't work. work. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots of weird things with birds in this
1: one. Very weird. And is it implied that the mum is the witch? Kind of, yeah. And
0: we talked about this at the time when I was going through the interpretations. I remember that. I was maybe not on board with that. <laughs> You're <were> incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, but yeah, there's this idea in a way that. All these fairy tales, they start in the home and there's like a dysfunctional home life. Yeah. And then the hero, the young hero leaves home and then what happens in this magical adventure is like a reflection of what's actually happening back home. Yeah. And then it's resolved at the end. So yeah, you can see a parallel between the witch and the mum. A bit like, you know, in in Pantomime, you've got, um, say, Peter Pan, you know, traditionally... The guy who, the actor who plays the father of Wendy, also plays Captain Hook. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like there's a kind of mirror, there's a parallel. Yes. Of what's going on. I'm with you,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But there's loads of weird stuff in this. There's a finger it? thing. Yeah, that's weird. There's a bit where the witch says, when she first catches them, she says, You won't escape me again. it's like, That's the first time you've met them. Yeah. She also, when they're nibbling on the house, <laughs> I, I left this out, a <laughs> voice says, Nibble, nibble, no, who's nibbling at my house? And then they sing the wind, the heaven-born wind. <laughs> <laughs> and then just keep eating. It's like, what? <laughs> um, but the thing is, I feel like the central concept of Hansel and Gretel is really strong. It is, yeah. Even if there's a few weird things going on that don't make sense, the, that sort of central idea is rock solid. They're, they're getting abandoned by the parents, the breadcrumbs, the, the, yeah. the cake house, yeah. captured by the witch. And then the, Gretel's amazing moment. And the and moment.
1: outsmarting of the witch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So clever. It re- That is a good story. I mean, it's not surprising. I don't think it scored so highly and, and is, yeah. is uh, second seed in this tournament. Not surprising at all. Oh, that's a good story, man.
0: Not setting you on fire as much as Puss in Boots, though, maybe.
1: Look, I've got a soft spot for Puss in Boots. That's <laughs> don't all we I'll say. all? <laughs> but... No, it's absolutely captured my imagination. Yeah. I mean, all the questions I've got. <laughs> I should, do you know what I should do? Probably go back and listen to the episode. Well, you don't need to because I just summed it up you for really you. You really have. We're having
0: like five episodes in one. <laughs> the thing I'd say, because I did listen back to the story part of, of that episode. It's very long, the story. I think it could, it could have a little edit. We could shorten it. If okay. we lost the birds, Yeah, yeah. could we lose the Riding on the White Dark home? Or is that... Do. I feel like that's something we've
1: always enjoyed and remembered, <laughs> but completely unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Yeah. It doesn't tie in, as far as I can tell, thematically to anything. Just
0: the birds, the endless Just, birds?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Um,
0: What's I mean, the theme of this story? Birds. Birds. <laughs> It's
1: all about birds. It's all about birds.
0: Ornithologist's dream. <laughs> but one thing I noticed um, listening back that I didn't notice at the time was uh, in the first half of the story, Hansel's kind of looking after Gretel. Like He sorts out mm. the pebbles. He's always reassuring her. And then it totally flips yeah. after he's been captured. And Gretel's leading the story and yeah. leading him.
1: That's quite, yeah, that's quite good. Like, almost sophisticated, of say, in the story, to have not like someone that's so clearly a hero that they are always mm. taking charge. To, to have that yeah. power share like that's that's quite yeah. Clear. And another very very strong entry into day Absolutely right. Are you ready for
0: the third story, the third seed? I think so. It's the fisherman and his wife.
1: The fisherman and his wife. Recap.
0: A fisherman and his wife lived in a miserable pigsty by the sea.
1: <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten that.
0: <laughs> One day, the fisherman caught a flounder. You remember that? I remember, remember that. That. I remember that. the flounder. We'll do this every Sunday. <laughs> I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> oh, I do remember that.
0: The flounder said, listen, fisherman, I'm not really a flounder. I'm an enchanted prince. Please let me go. <laughs> the fisherman said, of course I'll let you go. You're a talking fish. He went home and he told his wife what had happened. And she said, didn't you ask him for anything? (laughs) Could at least have asked him for a nice cottage. Go back and ask him for a cottage. And grumblingly, he went back to the sea, which was now a little bit rougher. Mm. And he said, flounder, flounder, in the sea, come, I pray, you hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I'd have a will. And the flounder (laughs) swam up and said, what does she want then? And he said, well... I did catch you. And my wife said, I ought to have wished for something. She wants a cottage. The flounder said, go. She has it already. And he went home to a beautiful cottage. Mm. But after a while, his wife said, husband, this place is a bit too small for us. Yeah. Should have given us a big stone castle. Go back and ask him for that. And uh, same thing again. Yeah. Flounder, flounder in the sea. And it flounder sorted it out he went home to the castle and there were servants and everything and his wife said isn't this amazing and he said yeah all right let's be content let's just Al. yeah okay quits quit, please but next morning she woke up and looked out the window at the beautiful scenery and nudged her husband and said you know wake up come on l- listen I- why can't we be king of all this it took her uh, less than one day <laughs> she said go to the flounder let's be king and he was like, oh, God. And he went to the sea, which started to, like, smell putrid now. Ugh. Same again. Fish said, go to her. She's king already. He went back to the castle, which was now huge. And there were soldiers and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I love it.
0: I'm really trying to sum it up. <laughs> there were long passages describing I <laughs> all the, like, marble and gold and stuff. Yeah. Diamonds and ebony furniture. It's like,
1: we get it. It's very opulent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, And, yeah, he went into the hall where his wife was now on a a very bling throne. Yeah. And he said, are you happy now? And she said, nay, I can't bear it. I must be emperor. Go to the flounder. And he said, he can't make you emperor, Hun." She (laughs) said, I'm king. Do as I say. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And he went to the sea and the flounder made her emperor. Fisherman got home to the palace and he went to his wife. Now she was on a throne made of one piece of gold. Two miles high.
1: (laughs) Yes, I was waiting for it. That was the one detail I was waiting for.
0: Wearing a three-yard-high crown and carrying a scepter and orb,
1: she really lent into the look. She really did. Two mile height. Two, two, and how tall was the crown? Three yards. So a yard is about the same as a meter. And like, bear in mind, a tall, a tall man like like you, you're maybe okay. n- nearing two meters. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So it's about three meters. So <laughs> it's like one and a half mats on your head. What a sense! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't know what, how tall man. <laughs> True, <laughs> but guys, just imagine me and a half <laughs> on a head. <laughs> one and a half mats on the head. Two miles up. Yeah, two miles up. This is, and there's one and half of me on a head. <laughs> Yeah,
0: incredible. Wow. incredible! Incredible! One incredible. of the
1: most striking images, I think, in yeah. all the stories. I
0: think we got to the point where we were picturing him helicoptering his way up there.
1: Well, I think we decided that's the only way, surely. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> How else are you going to do it? Ladder?
0: Well, he, you know, he muscled his way past all the princes and dukes assembled, and he said, "I can. Are you content now, your emperor?" <laughs> and she said,
1: "What? I can <laughs> What?" <laughs> <laughs> At the helicopter.
0: <laughs> very expensive way to communicate it's with me.
1: very, them. yeah. She said,
0: I'm emperor, but I want to be pope now. Mm. Okay. And he, he shouted, there's only one pope. You can't be pope. But he went anyway. Um, <laughs> and the fish granted the wish. And all the emperors and kings now bowed before her. They went to bed. Um He's thinking she must be happy now. There's yeah. nothing left. This is it. This is the top. But she stayed up all night and when the sun rose, she leapt up and thought, why can't I order the sun and moon to rise? Husband, go to the flounder, I wish to be like God. He was flabbergasted. He's like, you can't, just be Pope,
1: that's good enough.
0: But she was raging and she's like, I can't bear it, I have to be able to make the sun and moon rise. So he put on his trousers and ran to the sea.
1: (laughs) I'm glad he put his trousers on. That's literally a detail in the story. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's a storm blowing and houses are crashing down the sea swelling huge waves and he shouted you know flounder flounder in the sea and the fish said what does she want then alas she wants to be like god go to her and you will find her back again in the dirty pigsty and they're still living there now
1: the end. what a story
0: it was a great story, and it was story number 19 in Kinder and House Marken. Mm-hmm. Adam gave it an eight. I gave it a nine for a grand total of 17. And It was the runner-up in series three behind Puss and Boots.
1: Oh, wow. And now they find themselves back together. They find themselves back together once more. Wow. Epic tale. I mean, it really is. It's... I mean, I probably could have summed it up a bit quicker. <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was very nicely summed up. I th- it's epic in several ways, isn't it? It's sort of epic in scale, and it's sort of epic in scope as well. Like, you know, from paupers in in a pigsty through to pope. Like, yeah. The scale of the of the ascent to power. Yeah. Um, incredible.
0: Yeah, it's, it's big, isn't it? It's it a really big is. Big story. Yeah. And I found the repeating pattern of you know going back. To the fish, because it's the same thing happening over again. Yeah, yeah. It isn't frustrating like it
1: is sometimes. That's exactly what I was just thinking. It's a, um, it's a formula tale that doesn't feel like a formula tale. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because it's building to something. There's a tension, and you know yeah. it's going to snap. Exactly. It's not just do this three times, and then you just have to go through the motions.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe what sells that is the ever-changing qualities of the sea each time he goes back. That sells that yeah. sort mounting tension doesn't it
0: yeah absolutely yeah plus the tension between them as a couple yeah it's not that they're both greedy they kind of heat they're battling each other yeah and he can see it's going
1: wrong and it, yeah each demand from the fisherman's wife it's almost like he has the perspective he has at the beginning mm. so with each demand the delta between like the difference between her perspective in his it just gets wider yeah, wide yeah. and wider and it's like so each demand feels more and more insane to him mm-hmm. yeah oh it's so good I mean if you sum it up it's two mile high throne right <laughs> yeah. or magical flounder I don't know which but yeah yeah
0: well actually that was one thing I noticed listening back uh, at the start it says he was an enchanted prince oh yeah so like, I'm that. not a flounder I'm an enchanted prince yeah. what's the story
1: there yeah what is the story there this is just a side story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we picked up on that at the time. Maybe we didn't. That's... I mean, there's lots of details to get sidetracked with. It's very easy to miss that, I Yeah, think. But you're absolutely right. I need that story, Adam. I need that story. <laughs> How did he end up How there? How did he end up there? Yeah. It's in, I, now I want to know the, the the story of the Enchanted Prince. It's a bit like um, going back to Hansel and Gretel, like, uh, where you said... They get to the house and she says, oh, not you again. Yeah. And it's like they've left the door open to a prequel or something. <laughs> and this is a similar thing. It's like, oh, what's his story? We love
0: the Brothers Grimm universe, don't we? <laughs> we really the do. When reading cinematic
1: universe. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the GRCU, yeah. Well, speaking of which, the next story is
0: Clever Grattle. So, oh. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's move on to Clever Grattle. Let's do it. Clever Gretel, recap. There was once a girl who wore red shoes and she thought, God, I'm so good looking and she <laughs> drank wine. And whenever she cooked anything, she always tried the best stuff because the cook must know what the food is like. Yeah. Now, one day her master said to her, cause she's a cook in a household. He said, Gretel, I've got company tonight. Could you prepare me two fowls? So she put them on the spit and roasted them and when they were nearly ready, the guests still hadn't arrived. So the master said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop out and find him. Mm. It had all been a lot of work, Adam. <laughs> and she was hot and puffed out. Yeah. So naturally, she went to the cellar and cracked open some wine. Obviously. And she was just swigging it and saying, God bless it to your use, Gretel.
1: <laughs> Which
0: was a line I loved.
1: Yeah, I love that too.
0: By now, the fowl are perfectly cooked. Oh, yes. Master isn't anywhere in sight. Such a shame to waste these fowl. Yeah. So she cut a wing off and ate it. And then she thought, well, he's going to notice that. So she cut the other wing off so that she could have it. Yep. And then eventually she just tucked in and ate the entire thing and was necking the wine.
1: <laughs> and having just a wonderful evening. Absolutely.
0: She's stuffing herself when the master returned and said, Hurry up, Gretel. The guests are arriving in a second. He's just behind me. And she was like, uh, yes, sir, sure thing, (laughs) Uh, coming up. The master laid the table, then he went to sharpen his knife on the stone steps outside. There was a knock on the door. Gretel ran to answer it. He said, hello, I'm the guest. And she said... (laughs) (laughs) What's your name? It's just the guest. I'm the guest. (laughs) She said, you know, keep it down. Look, I'm going to do you a solid. My master wants to cut off your ears. Can you hear that? He's sharpening the knife. Yeah. The guest ran away. Yeah. It's so like, course. no, thank you. <laughs> but Gretel then ran to the master and said, I was just going to serve you dinner. And uh, the guests run off with the two chickens. And the master said, oh, he could have left me one of them at least, the blackguard." And then he chased after the guest, brandishing the knife, shouting, just one, just one. <laughs> he meant that the guest should have left him one chicken. Yeah. But the guest thought he meant one, one ear. ear. Oh. And he ran like a fire was under him. The end. That was story number 77 in Kindred House Markham. Adam gave it an eight. And I gave it 8.5 for a grand total of 16.5.
1: Okay, it's a close in scoring, this, yeah. this one. Uh, love that story. Yeah. Um, Even hearing it kind of... Boldly like that? Yeah, I think so. Because the the thing in my memory when I think back on that story that I fixate on is Gretel as a character mm. living a best life, mm-hmm. necking that wine, eating those, rot- what we assume are rotisserie chickens, but there might be something else. Yeah. And just having a great time. And I, I'd, ooh, I'd kind of f- forgotten in a way that also the clever um, sort of mm. trick she she plays at the end. Yeah. Genius! Another trickster, yeah. like you know, Puss in boots or whatever. Well, absolutely. Um, so on, on all fronts, it like packs a load of great elements into quite a short little story. It's it's a great one. It really is, it, and it deserves to be, yeah, important for sure. Well, you're right. That those are massive scores. Yeah. For a short
0: story, because it is a really short it, story. Yeah. And the other ones we've just recapped were massive, big epic fairy tales this is a yeah. tiny little fun one yeah
1: um,
0: but I agree I totally agree with you and I think as well it felt different at the time it felt fresh it was unexpected yeah it wasn't following any formula that we'd come across before and as you say it was actually quite clever the yeah. uh, the trick that she pulls <laughs> as well as how amazing she is as a character and you're right the, t- the two tricksters that have kind of stayed with us yeah. are in the same group, Puss yeah. in Boots and Gretel. Oh. And we've got Hansel and Gretel yep. also in the group. And this is the, uh, the sequel. This is what happened to Gretel <laughs> after she escaped the witch house. Yeah.
1: the Grim reading cinematic universe. Well, exactly. Right in action.
0: Incredible. So my, qu- well, my question to you then, Adam, okay. is who's the better trickster? Puss or Gretel, and uh, which is her greatest adventure? Was
1: it her escapades with the witch, or her escapades with the chicken? <laughs> so this is what I was going to say. I I'm now imagining Gretel and and Puss Puss and Boots going head to head. I don't know. I really don't mm. know. I think I might have to give the edge to Puss because I think Gretel might be drunk. <laughs> And ultimately, I think she might not care, because she's very carefree. And that's, I think, why we love her here at Castle Grimm. Whereas Puss in Boots is very dedicated. It's eyes on the prize. Got to enact the next plan in my 10-step plan to domination. As for the adventure, the adventures of of young Gretel versus older Gretel. Yeah. I think older Gretel, a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. A lot, about why her <laughs> parents aren't joining her because <laughs> they're all yeah. starving to death. Yeah, yeah. so not not gra- yeah. not much fun, though. but is it you see why she wants to eat, enjoy the best of everything? Totally right because she had she's very been little. through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's been through the ringer. She deserves it. Good luck to her. Exactly, exactly right. right. Tough start in life on her side. Yeah. <laughs> so what, you think this one's
0: this is a better adventure than the? So which is the better adventure?
1: I think the better adventure is when she was young. Yeah. I think so. More peril. Exactly. This is more just like fun hijinks. Yeah. I think you've literally said it
0: perfectly, and I totally agree with everything you said. I think I'd probably give the edge to um to Puzz and Boots and okay. Hanson Gretel. Uh, and you know what? If people vote for her, I'll also be very, very happy.
1: Exactly. Because it's a agree fantastic you, story. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Right, we've got one left. One left. And it is the wild card.
1: Yay. Which is Godfather Death. So this was one of your wild Indeed cards. It was. Ah, excited. Excited Flight to see Godfather Death oh, in Grimbledon. I love it. I'm very happy Death uh, got a place in <laughs> your
0: Grimbledon. Right. I'm very happy Death. <laughs> um, Glad to hear Yeah, well. I mean, maybe you'll be happy once you've heard the recap.
1: True. I don't remember this one that much. So I'm really? excited to hear it again.
0: Oh, you're in for a ride, Adam, here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Godfather Death. Recap.
0: A couple have just had a 13th child. But they've run out of people to ask to be godfather. So the man went out into the street to find one. First person he met was God. God said, I'll take the job. I'll make your son happy on earth. The man said, who are you, mate? He said, I'm God. Oh, no, 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 no. You, uh, you give to the rich and you leave the poor hungry. No, thank you. Mm. He then met the devil. Devil said, I'll be Godfather. Man said, no chance. You lead men astray. Then he bumped into death. Who are you? I'm death. Perfect. Great. You make everyone equal. You'll be Godfather. Death then came to the christening, he met everyone, it went really well, and when the boy grew up, death took him out for the day. <laughs> 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 and he said, here's my present to you, Godson, I'm going to make you a celebrated physician. Here's a special herb, that's a panacea, uh, also if someone's ill, you'll see me, and if I'm standing at the head of the bed, the patient will be fine, just give him some other herb. If I'm at the foot of the bed, though, nothing can be done. They are mine. Don't give them the herb. Right. The boy grew up to become a world-famous doctor. One day, though, the king was ill, and so the famous doctor was summoned. Yeah. He's the best of the best. Yeah. He arrived, and he saw death standing at the king's feet. So, king's are goner.
1: Yeah. Nothing you can do.
0: But he thought, oh, if I can cheat death just this once, so I'll be in favour of the king. It'll annoy him, but yeah, I'm going to do it. He'll forgive his godson. So he picked up the king, flipped him over in the bed so that death was at his
1: head and he gave (laughs) him... (laughs) I'd forgotten that detail. (laughs) I'm literally about to die. uh, (laughs) What are you doing?
0: (laughs) Have some herb. Have some lovely herb. Um, Death was livid, Adam. Mm. And he said, if you ever do that again, I'm going to take you away with me. Okay? Later on, Later that evening, he was like, I really shouldn't have done that. So angry with me. I want him to respect me. Uh, No, I don't know. A few years later, let's say, uh, the king's daughter became ill. Uh oh. And the king proclaimed, Whoever can save her will marry her and inherit the kingdom. The boy went to inspect. He saw death standing at the feet again. But it was too tantalizing a prospect. Mm. So again, he flipped her over. Gave her the herb, and she, <laughs> she came back to life. <laughs> Death was, and all the while, Death was giving him evils and like shaking yeah. his little withered, fist bony fist. Him. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as the princess came back alive, Death seized the doctor boy and took him to a cave below the earth where thousands and thousands of candles were burning. Some were large, some were small. Death explained that these are the lights of people's lives, and he showed the physician his own life light. And he saw that it was just a little flicker that's about to go out. And he pleaded, Godfather, Godfather, please light me a new candle. Mm. And Death said, not possible, pal. One has to go out before another can be lighted. Which doesn't make any sense. No,
1: (laughs) I think we probably said that all (laughs) the time.
0: (laughs) And he he said, okay, well then place my old one on top of a new candle. But Death was really angry. So he took a new candle, made it look like he was going to place the old one on it, but it, fell down, he dropped it, and it was extinguished. And then the physician was in the hands of death. The end. And that was story wow. number 42 in Kindred and House Marken. Adam gave it 5.5, 5, and I gave it 8, for a grand total of 13.5. So, uh,
1: wow. Well, first of all, big... Difference in points there.
0: Yeah, so you can see why I chose it as a wild card. Yeah.
1: This is a this was always yeah. a favourite of yours and maybe didn't make as, as good an impression on me at the time. Yeah. Um, and obviously, just to recap, this is a wild card. Matt's picked two, I've picked two. And the purpose mm-hmm. of the wild card is picking a story or two stories that didn't necessarily get into Grimbledon on, on the score front. They, they didn't score high enough, but we felt mm-hmm. maybe... Was scored too low and des- just deserve to be... Deserve their shot. Yeah, the, the shot of the title. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, and this was one of our biggest score divergences. I think mm. the only bigger score divergence was Jorinda and Jaringal, which you gave a 7, 7.5, and I gave
1: 3.5. Whoa. Whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, you know, as you can tell, I I love it. I love this one. I mean, has it Changed in your mind then? Maybe after hearing the recap, what are your thoughts on it now? Well,
1: this is it because you you always loved it, Mm. but I'm the one that's sort of got to come round to it, I suppose. Well, I don't have to. Yeah, have to. (laughs) But I sort of have. Really? It's very. It is very moving. I know you. I think you pressed that point that, particularly that that the the cave with the candles. Mm. It is quite moving, isn't it? it's the it's a, it's this like tragedy of greed, mm. right? It's that feeling
0: like the good stuff is just out of reach. Yeah, like It's so close to being able to marry the princess yeah. and become the king. But he, he can't. And, yeah. he, and he dies. Like the hero dies. I, or actually, there isn't a hero in this story.
1: Well, there's not really, is there? And it's something really powerful about it to me. There is. And the thing is, death, as set out at the beginning of the story, is mm. consistent. There are a set of rules, mm-hmm. and the rules are what the rules are. There mm-hmm. is a process; it must be followed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he's quick to anger, yeah. Temper, changing his mind, You mustn't upset him; otherwise, he'll he'll be out for you. No, fair's fair. The rules are the rules. Yeah. I think what would have made it even more tragic if, it's like, it was for more kind of sentimental reasons, like if he mm. found his own mother on the. Deathbed or Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, no, but I want to yeah. save my mum. That would make it like that would yeah. ratchet up the the sadness. Because, as attracting. you say,
0: the rules are the rules with death. Yeah. So you wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. so I matter mean, if it's your mum. It's yeah it's true but I like the fact that death's kind of emotional as well and he gets true. really angry at his godson yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 he also wants to be the godfather
1: yeah I really like it. <laughs> if that's the role isn't it yeah it
0: can be quite comedic as well yeah as we'll see in gambling hansel as well but there's just something absurd about death going to a christening <laughs> It <can be> like <laughs> really is the priest bringing forth the godfather and <laughs> death just shuffles awkwardly um he's he's great and you know what actually i've just remembered we had a a message from a patron actually who who lost someone close to them Mm. and they said that they found themselves listening to this story Mm. and there's something quite comforting in a way or poignant about this idea that you you can't cheat death and Mm. he's dispassionate you know Mm. it's just it's the way it is
1: well yeah i guess what you're, you're talking about death and with death comes grief and I suppose, you know, uh, according to, a, you know, a lot of psychological thought, whatever, one of the stages of grief is acceptance, isn't it? And I suppose this is acceptance, mm. right? It's like accepting the fact that you can't control it, that it, it mm. is what it is. Everyone's got a candle of a certain length. Yeah. And they all they all burn out eventually.
0: I mean, I love the opening bit as well. It's like you met God, you met the devil. Yeah,
1: and decides that death is the best godfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: makes god who offers to be godfather it's like the name is in the title (laughs) of the job and he's like sorry mate you are (laughs) overqualified um but also another reason i wanted to pick it as a wild card is because again a bit like clever greta is different it feels very different to some of them totally yeah you're kind of on on tenterhooks the whole time yeah you don't know where it's going
1: yeah matt it's a good choice for wild card and um Maybe I did score it too harshly. It absolutely deserves to be here. What? Those are huge words. (laughs) Massive words. Two mile high words. Well, there we go. Yeah. Those are the five
0: stories in Group A. Puss in Boots, Hansel and Gretel, The Fisherman and His Wife, Clever Gretel, and Godfather Death. The poll to vote for your favourite is now live, right now. Right now, this very second. You have the option to select one in the poll. Uh, And you can also put your reasons for your choice uh, in a little text box if you want, you don't have to. Yeah, not mandatory. It's super, super easy to vote. Just select the story on the Google form and click send. That's literally
1: it. And put in your email address.
0: Email address, choose your story, hit send. And the top two from group A, the two stories with the most votes will make it through to the semi-finals. You can find the link to the poll in the episode description here on your podcast app. If you just read the description, you'll find the link. Yeah. We'll put it on social media and on the website as well. We'll put a page. Yeah. So it should be relatively easy to find. Yeah. And for patrons, we'll put a link on Patreon for you. Yes. How long will it be live formats? Good question, Adam. I think <laughs> maybe two weeks or is that too long? Maybe one week. Ten days?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The one thing we haven't thought about. We haven't thought about that. We'll go with two weeks. Let's go with two weeks. Let's go with two weeks. Okay, (laughs) the poll will be live from right now until two weeks' time. Yes. And just in case we end up with an exact tie between stories, Mm. we have decided, it's been decreed within Castle Grimm, that I have the casting vote as story picker.
0: Absolutely. It's Let's hope right. we don't
1: have to invoke that power.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is an ancient constitutional
1: rule. Yeah. It's unpopular. I know. <laughs> I know it's unpopular. <laughs> Do you, who's been saying that? <laughs> there been riots Just on me. the streets.
0: Okay, outside crying your castle. For
1: constitutional reform for wow. Castle
0: Grimm. But, Mobs with pitchforks outside your castle gates. Goodness sorry, me. Sorry, them's the rules. Well, the way we'll know which ones adam would choose is because now we the two of us are going to write down the two that we would choose to go through this won't have any bearing on what happens it's entirely public voting unless there's a tie as adam said yeah so shall we now write down the two stories that we would want to go through to the semi-finals from this group
1: let's do it let's do it i've got a bit of paper here i'm going to rip it in half right so we're picking our two, our two picks yeah. to go forward. Oh man, I don't actually know. This is really, this is really tough, Adam. It is tough, isn't it? It, I think it's, it's easy to start second guessing yourself and I'm just going to go with my gut. Oh, I can't believe I'm writing what I'm about to write. Okay, so we are now putting, we folded up its paper, we don't know who's picked what. Putting it in an envelope, I'm just going to write group A on the front of that I'm going to seal it up and that is going to remain sealed until we uh, when we're going to open that semi-final I guess
0: well before the semi-final so when we finish the group episodes so there'll be four group stage episodes we'll then do an episode revealing the results yes and we'll reveal which we would have liked to go through then as well yeah now it's time to leave memory lane
1: (laughs) oh oh, oh, here we go there's the exit been fun it's been i hope you enjoyed that fun. recap i thoroughly enjoyed that i'll probably try and make the next one shorter <laughs> <laughs> i don't see if i can <laughs>
0: Central Grimbledon tournament. We're also running a series of special awards uh, which will be voted for by our patrons. Last time in the draw episode, we had Best Character. The next award is for Iconic Piece of Clothing. Oh, yes. Or Best Dressed. (laughs) (laughs) The costume department, essentially.
1: Uh, Yeah, if we're thinking of this as Analogous to uh, the Oscars or exactly. something exactly like that. Yeah. So, the nominations
0: for most iconic piece of clothing are as follows. I've narrowed it down to about nine entries. So it's wow. still quite a lot. It's a broad, it's a wide field, probably a bit too much. But <laughs> um, here we go. The nominations for most iconic piece of clothing are Little Red Riding Hood's Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> iconic. Absolutely iconic. Yeah. The symbol of fairy tales in many ways. Yeah. It's on the front cover of the very first Grim book we had here. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: just legendary. It stays with you from when you first hear about that story in childhood. You just Absolutely. say it, you see it in your head. You just You say it, you see it. Yeah.
0: Nomination two. <laughs> The Cinderella shoe, yes, so desirable, her stepsisters slice their own feet up for it. <laughs> if you remember, I do, unfortunately. And another classic fairy tale symbol,
1: it is shoe, not the glass slipper. So we're going with the Grimm's, obviously. Yes. So glass slipper is probably the most famous, yeah, but we we are sticking
0: with just the Cinderella shoe. That is kind of what you imagine. It's like a stiletto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately your mind goes there. Yeah. That's true. Well, you know, picture what you like, to be honest. True. But it's the Cinderella shoe.
1: What if I'm picturing a three-bedroom house? That's, that's too far, isn't it? Well,
0: then something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, by all means, vote away. <laughs> Nomination three. Yes. Sticking with footwear, we have The Boots of Puss. <laughs> yes we've already spoken about him we've heard the story he got those boots he asked for the
1: boots yeah. stood up like a human and went out and he sorted it out do the boots give him human walking powers or are they just Not to look sure. good or practical just practical I think I think both it's form and function you know it's like if I'm going to be putting all of my weight on my two back feet I've got to get myself a steady pair of boots that's true yeah it's that what he's thinking I don't know probably well yeah I guess we'll never know what he was thinking <laughs> good stuff. just just
0: Yeah. I mean, those boots are in the name of the story, like Little Red Riding Hood. True.
1: They're integral to the character, aren't they? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, nomination four is Thousand Furs Cloak, made Mm. of the skin of every animal in the kingdom. One Thousand Furs, again, the name of the story. She also, if you remember, she had her, like, super dresses that she had that shone...
1: That were like the sun and the moon. Oh, yes. It's that cloak. It's got to be the Thousand furs, isn't it? That one's a little harder to picture, isn't it? But you just know it's it's a striking garment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And she had it made
0: because she was trying to stop her father's advances, Mm. if you remember. Yeah. He made it and then she used it to run away and to hide in. To hide her true self. Yeah. Or to be a different version of herself. So again, it's really integral to the story. It really is. A little harder to picture. I do see what you're saying. It is.
1: And I would say it's probably more function over form there. It probably Hmm. doesn't necessarily look that stylish. (laughs) But it's a great costume to hide in well if you were to
0: scroll through our Instagram posts because <laughs> uh, if you follow us on Instagram uh, we normally post illustrations of the stories with each yeah. episode and there are some cool ones of Thousand First. she does look quite cool oh, quite okay classy. I need to go back and have a look at those Yeah. nomination five mm. is the belt of the valiant little tailor <laughs> which has embroidered on it seven at one blow seven at one blow on his girdle he had it written on his girdle
1: are we treating that as a belt? Yeah. In the traditional sense, because in my head, a girdle is more to uh, to uh, sort of hoik in the midriff, isn't it?
0: All right, let's call it a girdle then. The finally Little well, Taylor girdle. Well,
1: but then girdle. the belt, uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Round his midriff, he's got his own catchphrase. Yeah,
1: yeah, embroidered onto it. Yeah.
0: I mean, the thing with that is, it's the catchphrase maybe more than the actual piece of clothing. I think you're right, yeah. But just the fact that he had it. His own catchphrase. <laughs> Inscribed on <Sorry>. himself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Might as well have got a tattoo.
1: Oh that guy. That guy. Love that guy. Could you could you be friends with him though? Well <laughs> Well we'll be we'll be uh, crossing paths with him. I guess. I think he's in group C, so a couple of episodes. Uh, okay. We'll 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 find All out.
0: Aurea <laughs> Catch
1: up with him, see what he's been doing. Nomination six is King Thrushbear's Golden Chain. Oh wow. Now this this feels like a deep cut. This, uh, the golden chain of of King Thrushbeard. I
0: loved it. I loved it. It just popped up very momentarily. It was a passing reference. But he had disguised himself as somebody else, treated the girl horribly. And then he bursts into the room, (laughs) the ball,
1: (laughs) with his gold chain (laughs) saying, I'm King Thrushbeard. Guess who's back?
0: (laughs) And it was just that detail of the gold chain. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Okay, the next nomination is... This one's out there. The knapsack and the hat. From the knapsack, the hat, and the horn. Horn mm. doesn't count, not a piece of clothing. True. So if you remember, the knapsack, if you tap it, you get, like, some soldiers come out of it for you. Yeah. And then the hat, when he turns the hat, the cannons go off. <laughs> the cannons. And that blew your mind. <laughs> it really did. When
1: you turn the hat, the cannons go off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Incredible. Again, it's very much the function of those items, yeah. less the aesthetics. I yeah. don't even know what what type of hat it is. In my head, I'm picturing a sort of um, uh, Peter Pan style hat. A hundred percent. you think like Robin well. Hood? Yeah. yeah, like that's exactly. That, I think what I, what I meant Robin out. Hood. <laughs> Either. But, yeah. It's that hat that's so weird, yeah. That's really weird. We're obviously on the same page though. Well, that's just the power of the hat, yeah. See. <laughs> it is. And the knapsack are sort of like, um, like an old fashioned kind of rucksack with the thin leather straps, that sort of thing. What this is mad. Was that what you're thinking? As well,
0: that's so weird. <laughs> We're pitching the exact same things, yeah.
1: Wow, the power of grim reading. Whoa,
0: okay. Well, that might have shot that one up to the top of the list for me maybe wow wow okay all right uh the second to last nomination is Mm -hmm. for the 12
1: shirts from the 12 brothers oh i love it i love it (laughs) so (laughs) yeah do you remember this i do ultimately the 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 sister takes these shirts out doesn't she this is it right so
0: the brothers had to leave home yeah and the one sister stays behind but she doesn't know she hasn't has any brothers one day she sees her mum hanging up 12 little shirts on the washing line. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, who's are those? And then she goes off to find her brothers, takes the shirts with her. They've turned into birds. Yeah. When, they, when they're turned back into humans, as they're coming into land, she throws
1: the shirts over them. Yeah. And they like catch <laughs> the shirt. I love that image of <laughs> Raven. And then it's like, <laughs> naked human. it's like, whoo, it flies into the shirt.
0: <laughs> Absolutely iconic. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and the final nomination, really out there, this one, is
1: for The Bear Cloak in The Gold Children. Matt, <laughs> when I said The Gold Chain of King Thrashbib was a deep cut, <laughs> I didn't know. This is so deep, I don't even remember this. What? what? So, The Gold
0: Children. start doing a recap.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> you might have to. Basically, there's
0: two golden boys. And it's <laughs>
1: yeah, two golden boys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for some reason they go off into the world. I don't remember why. No. And um, everyone's looking at them because they're like, those are two golden men. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, at some point, they're on their horse, and they've covered themselves in a bear skin to disguise themselves. Oh, right. And they're going through the woods.
1: Oh, that was it. And people thought a bear was riding a horse. Yeah,
0: with a golden face. <laughs> <laughs> so they got their gold face, their bear skin, and then they, it also says uh, they covered their horses in the bear skin as well. <laughs> so just picture that. Well, there we have it. Those are your seven. Was it seven? Uh, those were your nominations yeah. for Most Iconic Piece of Clothing Little Red Riding Hood's Hood The Cinderella Shoe The Boots of Puss Thousand Furs Cloak The Valiant Little Tailor Girdle King Thrush Gold Chain The Knapsack and the Hat The Twelve Shirts from the Twelve Brothers And the Bear Cloak of the Gold Children Wow Patrons, that poll will be live tomorrow First thing And uh, it will be running for a week Okay. And we are now going to write down our vote for most iconic piece of clothing that we will reveal in the final episode.
1: Yeah, so we've got our envelopes from the drawer. There's Matt's, here's mine. So we're going to add our um, favourite, our pick from the second poll onto that list.
0: There we go, we've done it, we voted. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the patrons vote for <laughs> as well. Yeah, same. It's going to be fascinating. Well, Adam, I know it's been a busy old episode. Certainly has, but we have one more thing in
1: store. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm
0: starting to regret. We need a, a story. Yeah, we. we I mean, we've, we've had five. Yeah, but we need a new one. Yeah, um, and we're in luck because you may not be aware that, as well as the 211 fairy tales mm-hmm. in Kinderhausmarken, it also contains. Ten children's legends, they're called. Yes. Now, these have been a bit of a mystery to me for a while. I discovered these a while back, uh, the children's legends. I don't know what they are. I literally can't find any information about them anywhere. Okay, that's weird. All you find is children's legends, the ten stories. I think the idea probably is that they are specifically aimed at children to give them moral lessons. They're quite religious... Mm-hmm. generally quite short. Okay. And they are in the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales. So we kind of need to cover them. And it felt right for Grimbledon to just have these little extra short stories at the end. Perfect. The thing is, uh, the first one is probably the, like, the longest one in it. And I feel like I spent a very long time with the recaps earlier. So <laughs> we won't do that one. We'll do another one. Okay. Um, And maybe in the upcoming
1: group stage episodes. I'll try and do the recaps a bit quicker. <laughs> sure. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I've enjoyed the recaps okay. and I'm sure the listeners have as well. Okay. Well, let's hope you enjoy the children's legends. I'm not sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. I may have accidentally seen an illustration as you flick through.
0: Oh, okay. Was it of the long
1: nose? Yes. Okay. Well, look. That <laughs> is... <laughs> and you could not have piqued my interest more.
0: Okay. So that is the first story. Okay. It's quite a long one and it's, the illustration of, is of a girl with an incredibly long nose <laughs> like Pinocchio.
1: Just a little teaser there. Yeah. So we m- might do that one next episode.
0: We will do that one next episode okay. because it actually matches one of the stories we've got that we'll be recapping in the next episode. So just hold your horses out. But okay? ladies and gentlemen, look forward to that one. So the one we'll be reading today is, I found one of the shortest ones, so we're just going to have that. Okay. And it's called Our Lady's Little Glass.
1: (laughs) Our Lady's Little Glass. Oh, wow. Are you ready? What a title. Uh, I think I'm ready. Our Lady's Little Glass.
0: Once upon a time, a wagoner's cart, which was heavily laden with wine, had stuck so fast that in spite of all he could do, he could not get it to move again. Then it chanced that Our Lady just happened to come by that way, and when she perceived the poor man's distress, she said to him, I am tired and thirsty. Give me a glass of wine, and I will set your card free. Willingly, answered the waggoner, but I have no glass in which I can give you the wine. Then Our Lady plucked a little white flower with red stripes, called field bindweed, which looks very like a glass, and gave it to the waggoner. He filled it with wine, and then our lady drank it, and in the same instant the cart was set free, and the wagoner could drive onwards. The little
1: flower is still always called our little lady's glass. The end I can see why you didn't want me to interject, because it's quite short. Yeah, that weird. These are weird. So okay, I've got questions. Hit me up. My first question is what? Yeah. My second question is, uh <laughs> My third question, more eloquently perhaps, mm. is... Not possible. Um, <laughs> is the wagon... Yeah. Like, because surely it has to be full of bottles of wine. But in my head, it's a big thing full of wine, like a sort of tanker. And there's a little tap at the back, and it's like, very glass. But like, he's opening a bottle, right? I d- it doesn't say, does it? So I can't really. No, it get just much says he
0: filled it. the flower with wine. But so, do you see what, what I, I mean? I know. Again, yeah. though,
1: picture what you like. I'm it's picturing like, a big wagon full uh, of wine sloshing around. I'm picturing a three-bedroom house or whatever you said about <laughs> <Yeah>. Cinderella's too. <laughs> picture whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, wow, okay what, yeah. what was the plant called? A bindweed Bindweed
0: Which is a really common plant It is And I can tell you this It doesn't look very like a glass No At all In fact, it's a really annoying plant Yeah Because you have to constantly remove it Because it strangles like the other a, plants It's like an
1: invasive species
0: um, So basically what's happened is A wagon has got stuck And then the Virgin Mary appears Okay, so I was just going to double check Because it says Our Lady I assume yeah. that's it she says, give me some wine and I'll move your cart. He gives her some wine, but she wants it in a bit of bindweed. Yeah. And then she takes a swig and then the cart's set free. And just so you know, that's why bindweed is always called our lady's little glass. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did quickly Google and I uh, can't see anyone referring to bindweed as our lady's little glass. But maybe in German. Maybe in Germany. Maybe. Is. Yeah. So, brothers, Graham, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah, it might be. We've had this elsewhere, kind of like uh, origin stories, and that's why this is called that. Sure, and you know, so maybe, maybe in Germany or in in Hess, in their part of Germany, maybe it is. Mm. It was referred to as
1: that <laughs> as, the, as our Lady's little glass. Wow.
0: Maybe it, like it, it's a li- alliterative or something in German. Yeah, but yeah, religious. Sure. I think these children's legends are going to be. Uh, I see that very religious.
1: Did you say there was like a lesson to be gleaned from these? Because what is the lesson? That I, I don't think? know on this one. I, I don't mean, what know. is that?
0: But some of the other ones I've read, like the girl with the big long nose, that's very much kind of pedagogical, like sure. And that you know, and that is why you
1: should be behave this way. What I'm getting from that is. Alcohol will solve your problems. Yes. It's, it seems like what it's trying to tell me. Interesting. That's the main takeaway, I think. Yeah. yeah. Remember, bindweed
0: is called Our Lady's Little Glass, and alcohol will fix your problems for you. <laughs> yes. I do love the idea of a wagon a like a wagon full of wine.
1: Yeah. But bottles of wine all stacked up uh, like, yeah. precariously. See, I like it. <laughs> it's just the wine's just sloshing about loose in the back of the wagon. With a tap on the back. <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, there we have it. That was the first children's legend. Uh, We're not going to be giving them a mark out of 10 because they're not technically the fairy tales at all. These are the children's legends. But I thought we could give them uh, maybe a mark out of five. We could give them one to five Grimm's. Okay, sure. We've done this before with our movie reviews in our um, Patreon podcast. But I thought we could extend them to children's legends. So, Adam... How many grims from out one of to five, five would okay. you give Our
1: Lady's Little Glass? This is the first one, yeah. And my gut says, <laughs> how can you possibly? You can't gauge it, can you? So yeah. I'm probably going to give it an even three out of
0: five, okay. which
1: isn't an even number, but you know what I mean. Okay. In the middle. All right. Could go either way. I feel like it might be on the weaker side, but I just don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to say three out of five. What What do you reckon?
0: To be honest, I've read a few of them. They're just weird. <laughs> like, I'm kind of like, is this a good idea? But we've got to read them. Yeah, we do. Um,
1: it's such a chore, isn't it? We've got to read them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
0: to Grimery. <laughs> I like the, the wagon full of wine. I like the kind of origin story of the Bindweed. I like the fact that they do, it doesn't look remotely like a glass, so it's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just plain wrong. So I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Because it's not sensational. I was gonna give it a one or a two, but I think I'm gonna crank it up to a three for
1: those elements. Yeah, yeah. good thinking. So what's that? Six grims out of ten. Six grims out of ten for our first children's legend. Let us know on social media how many grims would you give it. And please, as well,
0: vote in the poll for your favourite story of Group A. And patrons, as well,
1: vote in the special awards poll yes please do that was our first first group stage Adam exciting I'm loving the format I'm enjoying revisiting the stories I'm excited to see what listeners think and uh, seeing yeah what stories make it through out the group stage to the semi-final me too well I will see you at Grim Castle next time for the group B battle off oh, I cannot wait cannot wait Alright, until then, keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com grimreading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can of course email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Grimreading Pod and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading you can find us on podbean podbean.com slash grimreading and we also have a website grimreading.wordpress.com keep it grim